Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. Impressive win at the Stadium of Light. Adkins Addicts are building some nice momentum. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you are well. I am Louis Mendes and joining me to look back at that very, very enjoyable 2-1 win uh, up at the Stadium of Light. Uh, yesterday, uh, first up, a man who uh, has made it back in one piece, surprisingly, Terry Smith. How are you doing, Terry? Yeah, limbs are all, all attached, yeah. which uh, which surprises most people. Yeah. All good, thank you, mate. I don't know what was more arduous, really. Obviously, the five-hour drive either way, or you trying to get up to the, the, to, to the point, because I'm mean, right at the back of the highest stand. I'll tell you what, both, but uh, yeah, I, if, if they'd have warned me in advance, I'd have set up a base camp somewhere halfway up the stand. It was, uh, It's a tall one, no <laughs> yeah. question. Yeah, and uh, also joining us to uh, celebrate yesterday's fine victory that really has given the, the addicts a very interesting chance, hasn't it, inside the, the race of the playoffs is Mr Benji Cloak. How are you doing, Ben? 
Evening all, yep, good, thanks, Louis. Yeah, enjoyed watching it round your round your gaff yesterday. A few people round in the garden. I did, yeah, a bit yeah. of a sore head actually. I think I celebrated it a bit too hard. Did you really? Did you really? There we go. Enjoyed well, that's it, yeah. Got to enjoy the little victories as they come, don't you, Ben? Right. So on this evening's show, uh, we will be uh, looking back at yesterday's game. We're going to hear the highlights uh, very shortly. Plenty of highlights because it was an excellent game of football, actually. Two sides uh, really going for it, uh, and of course, we're going to hear from the addicts' boss, uh, Nigel Adkins, uh, as well. Uh, and we've got loads of your tweets and emails. We're asking you guys what you think about our. Chance chances now uh, who stood out for you in the game yesterday uh, all that sort of stuff before we get going also I want to wish a very happy birthday to a bit of a dedicated listener as well Sue Tyler uh, I, I know it's your birthday on Monday so I hope you have an excellent day Sue thanks for listening uh, to the show Terry um, while, while, while we're uh, reflecting on yesterday's victory I mean this time on Thursday me and me and Lewis were begging that we can go up there and get a nil-nil but we didn't settle for that did we no, indeed. And happy birthday, Sue, as well, by the way. But, yeah, a couple of things. Firstly, um, I think Benji is confusing um, alcohol with hypothermia. If he was watching it in the garden, it must have been chuffing freezing. The, the Yeah, first, funnily enough, I, um, I was invited to um, talk on a, on a Sunderland podcast, and I pretty much was the same as you guys, you know, thinking, yeah, if we can get away with it, you know, mathematically, three points would be perfect. But, you know, with this form Sunderland are in, with the, uh, you know, they're flying a bit and, a point will be good if we can come away with there from a point. We'll settle for that. But uh, as it turned out, we should have trusted uh, Nigel Lakins and his team that uh, they were going up with there with uh, with a slightly different mentality. Yeah, and uh, do you think? I mean, it felt like we were pretty good value for it as well, Terry, which is unusual. Oh, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think if you looked at the chances, then you know, if it had been four all, you'd have probably understood. And Ben, we needed Ben Amos to be at his very best, and he was. I mean, the, the very the first save with with that strong arm to deny White was, was outstanding. Uh, and the one where um, it was chalked off for handball was it was, it was world-class, that save. But uh, So we had to ride... Ride our luck's probably not the right phrase, but we had to, you know, we had to uh, settle for uh, the fact that Sunderland were going to make chances. They were, they were quite route one, which, um, which surprised me at times. But uh, it also surprised me that we were, the game was quite open. I know that both managers, I think, said that it's a game that nobody wanted to draw, that if both teams wanted to win it. And whilst I get that, I still thought we were a lot more open than I thought we were going to be. But no, I thought uh, I thought we were value for it. I think um, Sunderland will probably look at the chances they create and say, you know, we uh, we should have had more from the game. But I thought we we looked dangerous when we went forward. They couldn't handle um, uh, Stockley at all, uh, mainly because they got no centre halves to speak of because they're all injured. But also set pieces will look dangerous. Ryan Innes, we'd forgotten I think how what a colossus that man is at set pieces, and and so it proved with the goal quite what they'd. I think it was Scowcroft, wasn't it? Um, or Scowen, sorry, uh, on the on the bench, uh, on the line. Quite what you thought he was doing, trying to clear the ball into the roof of the net. I don't know. But um, no, I thought um, we looked we looked positive, dangerous. And I think we haven't looked... Uh, and we also looked confident, which which something we, you know, pre-Doncaster probably hadn't looked like uh, looked like we were for a while. Yeah, I mean, um, when we when we went 2-0 up as well, it, it, I genuinely thought, oh, we're going to see this out quite comfortably. It was probably one little error, you know, one of the, one of the few that we made uh, well, in terms of Ben Amos because he had a superb game that, that ended up with, with them getting back into it. And it was a tortuous last 15 minutes or so, including about 12 minutes of added time the referee decided to play. He indicated five, nothing really happened, and we still played over six. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, but Ben, I mean, the, the, the atmosphere in, in your gaff, especially when, when Ryan Innes got that first goal, because I'm sure that made you a, lo- a load of money. 
It, I thought it had. I was bouncing around the place. Yes, yes. And then the replay come up. Oh, and that as Tell said, why is he booting it like that? Yeah. Everyone Into who had Ryan in his first goal scorer gutted. <laughs> Oh, I had three quid on it, a fifty to one. So uh, oh, I was, I was happy at one point, but uh, yeah, a little bit guy. Yeah, end. but I mean, what was it like holding on at the end? Did you feel confident that we would do it? I, I never do, but that's just, just me. I mean, at the same time, we didn't actually give away many chances. We let them cross the ball into the box all game, as, as that's what they do. But we tended to deal with it, and if not, we did have Ben and we were sort of backing up. Yeah, I must admit, I got a little bit nervous when he did kind of make a defensive substitution with Gunter coming on. Um, but if you look at how Sunderland score their goals, it's a lot of them are from crosses, McGeady getting down the wing and White headering them in. So if you can stop those crosses, which you just said, then you stop their way to go. So I can understand that now looking back in hindsight. And I saw a few people were moaning about it, but look, he didn't. Didn't go to whole hog, didn't bring Watson on, didn't bring other defensive-minded players on. He just literally thought, how are they scoring goals? Well, if we put Gunter on, it'll block them crossing into the box. Um, but yeah, I, look, I was pacing up and down the garden. It, it got to that stage where I thought, I come into the game, and I think it was probably only a few times this season where I've gone into the game a, a little bit nervous because I thought, Do you know what? If we win today, it'll give us that boost and to show that we can do it, He'll give us a hope and as look, the results went our way as well. But I just thought, oh, look, it's a real big test around Sunderland. I think you built it up on Thursday's show that they have gone on this unbeaten run. They won the um, Johnson's Paint Trophy or wherever, uh, Papa John's Trophy. Um, so they got a bit of boost with a new manager and that. And we we gone there, we beaten them. And I just was a little bit nervous thinking, oh, please, let's hold on. Pacing up and down the garden, hoping we would. And as you said, I, I don't think they really troubled us there. I think the sub of Gunter, I think he dragged us up the pitch a few times, won us a corner free kick right up there. And it, it was good. And I think we, we did hold, we held our discipline as well. It was a, it was a real solid performance uh, defensively. And uh, I mean, look, Amos made two saves. Uh, which nearly uh, stopped them scoring when they did score. So, um, yeah, all in all, to a man, I thought we really dug in and played really well. Certainly did. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights then from Valley Pass. Your commentators, of course, with uh, Steve Brown alongside them uh, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Just beaten to it by McKeady, who sends the ball into the box early, and it's uh, a shot by Wyke, just past the right-hand post, and Sunderland will feel they probably should have taken the lead there. I don't think that's Wyke, actually. I've got that wrong. Yeah, I think it's O'Brien. Gets, gets cut out. Ball forward, though. Taken by Prattley, but he's lost out to Wyke, who's at the edge of the penalty area. It's a lovely save by Ben Amos and the attempted chip from Wyke to get it past the Charlton keeper, who did really well it's to stop quite it. Halfway inside the Sunderland half, but not far off it on the just right of centre. As Forster Kasky sends it to box. Stockley will challenge it. Possible own goal off the post in the end and cleared away by Sanderson for a corner. I didn't see him, maybe it was 09 who got his head to that, guided it to the Sunderland right-hand post, and then Sanderson gets it away for the corner. Just outwards by Purrington, but Sunderland still have it. Out to McGeady. McGeady looking to take on Matthews. Cuts back in on his right foot, and it's a ball into the box. Oh, what a save by Ben Amos! 
for all the world, that had to be a goal, although the linesman's now flagging no, whether he was offside or not. No, but blatant a, handball, Tom. Blatant handball. That was a punch into the back oh. of the net. So uh, uh, be I'm glad the, the linesman saw that. It was a blatant punch. Charlie the corner forced Kaski to take as normal players surrounding Burge in the six-yard box. Kaski looks towards the far post. In it's with the header. It's in. It's, it's gone in. Ryan Innes has scored. Sunderland made a meal trying to clear it on the line. They couldn't do so. And Ryan Innes gets his first Charlton goal after 30 minutes at the Stadium of Light. Or does he? <laughs> Will they give that as an own goal against the goalkeeper or the player that just volleyed it into the top of the net? Because I'm not sure, Greg, that that's crossed the line before. I mean, the keeper's got to do better with that. Although it really did hop up off the turf, actually. I don't know if that's my imagination on the replay, but it looked like it really bounced quite high off the turf. But he, the keeper should deal with that better. And the defender on the line, I think, can do better than that. He just sort of casually slices it into the top of the net. But I think you're going to find that's an own goal. But we have looked threatening, actually, aerially. Brian beats a couple of challenges. Matthews intercepts it. The ball's worked over to the left-hand side. McFancy controls. Goes for goal. It's a save by Ben Amos. Diving to his left to keep it out. Back left. Looking for Stockley. It'll go beyond him. But there is a half-time whistle. Ball towards the edge of Pound well. Read by Matthews. It comes down for the shot in the end. I think from McGeady. Half volley. Caught it well over the bar. But... It's a decent effort from the former Charlton Lodi, Jason Pearce. Tries to work it to the left-hand side and Powers misjudged his heading. It falls nicely to Jayasimi. Jayasimi cuts inside onto his right foot. Cross towards Stockley. Oh, he's hit the post. Stockley again. Oh, it's cleared away. And Charlton be wondering how they've not made it to. Oh, Greg, that is the... Mm, he's been exceptional today, Stockley, but how has he's he the missed Stockley that? Stockley with the header. Gilby trying to get an end of it. Gilby gets something on it. Gilby again. Can he finish? Yes, he can! Alex Gilby for his first Charlton goal. Stockley with the header. Gilby on the end of it. Couldn't get the shot initially. Then works it below the goalkeeper. Lovely tidy finish. And Alex Gilby makes it Sunderland nil Charlton 2. That's really poor from a Sunderland perspective. That is a throw in. They've not dealt with the header with Stockley again. Gilby missed kicks and they don't react to that. And he finds himself 1v1 with a goalkeeper. I mean, look at that defending. You're not even close to winning that header. It's so milky. But you have to give credit to Gilby, who's taken a gamble on that flick on, got there first, got ahead of his man, and then coolly slotted it underneath the oncoming Burge. But uh, that's really poor from a Sunderland perspective. But we don't care. That's 2 0. We're in the box seat. Stockley. Header finds Jayasimi. Jayasimi back out to Gilby Age in the box. Takes the shot, saved away by Burge. Miller will meet it in the penalty area on the left-hand side, looking to get the ball back into Stockley. Oh, it's a poor touch from Stockley as allowed Sunderland to clear it away. Right-hand side, McLaughlin. Ball forward to McGeady. Sends the ball long, asking White to chase it. Innes will pursue him into the penalty area. White gets there first. Another save from Amos. And another one. It's come out to the edge of the penalty area and headed home and Sunderland are back in this. Trying to see who finished that for Sunderland. Looked like Scowan, I think, who got his head to it on the edge of the penalty after Amos had made a couple of magnificent saves to keep Sunderland out. They are back in the game with 14, 13 and a half minutes left of an all-time. The left, left off. Superb work from Miller to bring it forward. Beaten one man. He's in towards the edge of the penalty area, Miller. Can he take the shot away? Little touch right to Gilby. Gets a second chance and it's blocked away. Charlton had the ideal opportunity to make it three, and now Sunderland Five will bring it forward with time. Ball into the box. Stewart trying to get there. Innes heads it down. It'll drop to Wyke. Wyke out right to McGeady. McGeady back into the box. 
Amos thought about coming. It's a header down by Stewart. Straight into the arms of Ben Amos. Very good feel as Stockley goes into the corner, receives it. And there is the final whistle. That's a huge three points for the Addicts here at the Stadium of Life. Lovely jubbly. I think you can hear us all sort of uh, shouting our relief when the full-time whistle went. Uh, yeah, I was certainly very relieved uh, when when that uh, referee did finally decide to blow the full-time whistle. Um, Terry, you know, the, the, the result of performance, excellent. The statement that that result makes, what about that to the rest of the teams looking for the top six? Uh, yeah, I think statement's the right word as well, I think. Um, it, uh, it just shows that... I think if you'd have uh, if teams had looked at the top six or the top ten, they'd have they'd have been looking to pick their top six. I don't think, and if you go back a, a few weeks, even a month, and they'd have been looking at that table and think uh, they wouldn't have put us in that frame at all. You looked at the number of games we played and the number of games in hand that other teams had, and we were probably well outside the uh, the, the fancied positions. And now it's different. You know, we put a run together. We're what now eight unbeaten and. You know, Sunderland are where they are because of the unbeaten run they had. Peterborough are where they are for the same reason. Blackpool for the same reason. You know, teams that put that run together and can put that run together will will be up there. And we're in. Hopefully, we're just in the middle of it, not not towards the end. Because uh, you know, we managed to go. Uh, was it eight to eight to nine to ten unbeaten in the early part of the season? If we can carry this going, and next week's going to be huge, by the way. Ipswich just below us. That's a statement right there. If this one, if yesterday's game was a statement, then. Next week's, if we can pull that off, will be an even bigger one, I think, because not just then you're looking at... I mean, before yesterday, we were, we were looking to see if we can just nick that sixth spot. Well, now you look at the table now, it's opened up completely and uh, there's nothing to... You look at it and there's nothing to say we can't even grab third um, or Come fourth. On, Terry, because, I'm going uh, for the title. Come on. No. Yeah. Well, Sunderland have got to play Blackpool twice, by the way, and Blackpool are on fire, by the way. So, you know, Sunderland conceivably drop points. They haven't got a centre-half to speak of. So... You know, with the eight games or so they've got left, then um, they're uh, you know they're going to be worried now. I think Sunderland, if if we can pull them apart, and Peterborough, um, they could only get a draw against. So, you know, I, look, anything's possible except for the top two. I think at the moment, and mm. uh, if we can uh, if we can cement our place in the top six, I think uh, compared to what people were thinking a few uh, even a few weeks ago, let alone months. That'll uh, that'll be a surprise to most people. Yeah, it was a, I mean that that result was a massive blow for Sunderland yesterday, especially with, with Peterborough going and getting that that three points over at Swindon. It means that they will, um, you know, that they're, they're now five points behind the top two, which makes it difficult for them. But I mean, for us, Benji, um, anyone who did go into that game slightly nervous, that opening ten minutes or so probably didn't do their their, their nerves any good. We, we saw big chances for Adrian O'Brien, and then the one where Prattley gave it away to Wyke and, and Amos made that save. Um, you know, gave us a sort of a glimpse of what was to come from them. But I mean, you expect Sunderland to start well. They had gone twelve games unbeaten, and and anyone who was unsure about that, you know, they, they would have seen what the sort of afternoon we we're in for. But then, just a couple of minutes later, you know, we started. We had our first chance from a set piece, which we looked dangerous from all afternoon. The one that hit the post from Luke O'Neill. Well, I thought their first chance. I thought it was in. I was just looking at the highlights earlier. And uh, I think a few people in the ground for it was in as well. Like, I heard a few shouts. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, so that was a bit like on the edge of your seat, thinking, "Oh blimey, is it going to be one of those days?" Had that chance. Amos, I think Prattley dwelled on it in the middle, didn't he? And he got caught out. And it was a great breakaway. And what's a save by Amos to not fully dive down, but kind of half go down and stick your arm up. Made himself big. That was brilliant from him. Um, so that really, like, you think, okay, let's let's try and build from this. Maybe knock their confidence down a bit, and 
as you say, it was a great cross in from that free kick. And as Terry said, there are two of their um, makeshift centre-backs there. I think Luke O'Neill is normally a centre. I think Sanderson's normally a full-back. And you think that's a place to target because they're missing their centre-backs. And O'Neill there looked shaky, didn't he? And nearly headed it into his own goal. Uh, so we slowly then started to come into the game and, and built some momentum from that. And yeah, thanks to Ben Amos because... Um, have really kept us in the game and hopefully you can keep building confidence from that and it it really made uh stood us in good stead for the rest of the game then because i thought slowly then we we came into it because as you said some of them were on such a good run they are bouncing thinking they can beat anyone had a few chances might have knocked their confidence it slowly built us into the game and, and we managed to then um make our game slowly up the field and the defense looked solid after that yeah, I mean, and obviously we know now with Ryan back, Terry, we are going to be so dangerous on set pieces again. You know, I think Stockley was probably playing that role maybe a month ago. You know, corners going in, you'd always expect him to get something. But Ryan Ennis, I mean, he's so tall that he just needs to float a, a ball a little bit higher towards the, the far side and he's going to win your header. Now, obviously, you know, we talked about Scoen's uh, comedy attempt, but... To, to clear it and ended up in the roof of his own net. But that's just what happens when Sunderland play us. You know, they scored three own goals in seven minutes once. They nearly scored two own goals in the first half yesterday. They just love scoring own goals for us. Well, own goals generally tend to be a feature of Sunderland Charlton games if you go back to Wembley as well. So uh, it, um, I think what what they showed, I mean, joking aside, it shows the pressure that they, they were clearly under at the back um, from set pieces. But just generally, I thought, as I said uh, before, I thought Stockley... Uh, really, um, really just tortured their uh, their back line for the first half, and he was really unlucky not to get uh, get a goal himself in the second half of that header. Uh, would have deserved it as well. And that clearly, Ben Amos was going to be around the match, but I think uh, Stockley was was awesome up top. And considering he was virtually on his own for for a large chunk of the game, uh, obviously he was helped as much as he could by the likes of uh, Jaya Simi on one side and, and uh, Martin on the other. But for the most part, he was, uh, he was uh, I wouldn't say forlorn figure because that's not fair, but, you know, he was doing a lot of legwork and, and donkey work up top on his own. And that, you know, when, when the balls are released, especially when they did put us under pressure, when the balls are released out of uh, defence or midfield, you need somebody strong up top. And he provided that and he provided a foil for the likes of, uh, you know, Forster Caskey and Gilby to just use that out ball to get, 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 get the pressure off us. And that, that helps hugely. Really does, and yeah, I think um, I don't think you can look at any part of the pitch and think uh, there was no player that you could look at and think, well, yeah, they didn't really do they do much, you know, and they were bailed out by somebody else. It was huge effort from the whole lot. Yeah, I mean, there was probably a couple of times I'd say in the first half where we we gave up chances too easily. One of which actually came right after the guff. I think it was McGeady who had the shot that went across the face of goal. But you know, I think in the second half, in terms of actual clear cut chances, other than other than the goal itself, where was probably that one mad moment. I don't think we gave too much up, which was uh, very pleasing. Now, Ben, obviously the second goal, uh, Alex Gilby is first for the club. Um, didn't make it simple for himself. He sort of mishit the first shot, got the second one in and, and took a bit of a clattering uh, off the goalkeeper. But, you know, please for, for Gilby. I mentioned last week, I thought I saw a little bit of something that, from him during the performance at, at Doncaster. And, you know, that goal, um, getting him off the mark at, at the club, that will, that will do him the world of good. Yeah, really pleased for Gilby. Uh, the start of the season, he looked really good. Uh, I think as I think we said it before, the crew game, uh, Doncaster game at home. Uh, he's got such a wide range of passing. He's got a shot on him. 
he makes loads of tackles throughout the game. And obviously, he, he was like our marquee signing when he when we were allowed to quickly make a couple of signings uh, before the wage cap came in. And you looked at his pedigree, you thought, oh, he's just won player of the year two, twice in two years at MK Dons. And you thought, oh, here we go, he's a really good player here. And then, unfortunately, he got that injury, didn't he? And then when he come back, he just wasn't the same player. And I think Bowyer mentioned it that, he went through a few personal issues. I think he wasn't living around the area. Finally managed to move down and be a bit closer to the training ground and stuff. And yeah, he's been brought back in under Nigel, back from injury. And as you said last week, I think we mentioned that um, last week he kind of had a... You didn't really notice him as much, but I think he really nullified the threat of Box, Bostock last week, who was their main playmaker. And yes, sir, I think he did that again in the middle. He... Um, he nullified their threats in the middle, stopped them playing through the middle. And um, yeah, he was a little bit lucky with the goal, wasn't he? It was kind of a touch that bounced off both his feet. And then he composed himself and, and put it between the keeper's legs, which was which was really good to see. If if there was a player in the team that needed that boost, it was him. And you could see uh, the club put out a really good video of, uh, of, of a camera behind the goal, which shows all the players running over to him and shouting at him and laughing which was good to see and then they realized oh are you actually injured there Alex <laughs> but um no nah, really pleased for him and I, I think we've got a good player there and and he look it must be a good player must be seen to be good in, in training because Shinny people are looking at him thinking should he be dropped for Gilby and Adkins is saying well no nah, he's doing a good job there for me uh so he's keeping you out at the moment. And same Valby Morgan, he's not getting in the team. So we have got a bit of competition there in the middle of two players that have done well recently in Morgan and Shinny. So hopefully his performance keep coming like that. And now he's got a goal, he might um, have a bit of confidence to have a few shots because I know he's got that in his bag. Yeah, I remember him hitting the hitting the crossbar from range at home in that Donny game, actually. But um, I mean, how about DJ as well? Darling, Jai see me, Terry. Now I feel... You know, I was really excited when we signed him, and and it's you know I've seen bits and pieces, but I feel that the last two weeks again he's really come into his own. I mean, he, he, like Jaden Stockley should hang his head in shame for taking away that that assist from him because he deserved it with that great wing play. But a couple of times he cuts in and out, doesn't he? That footwork he's got bamboozles defenders. Of course, he's a winger. That means there's going to be indecision and, and, and decisions made that aren't quite right. But I, I don't think I've ever known a winger who hasn't been like that. So I'm really excited by the performances we've seen from him in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's grown into it as well, isn't he? Um, the uh, Just every now and again, you, you see a turn that uh, completely loses his man and his way and clear. And then after he's done that, there is a little bit of indecision at times where he looks up and he wants to, after he's done the, what he sees as the, uh, the glory, the glory touch or the glory move. He wants to then, you know, pass the ball in uh, and let somebody else crack on. There was a time in the second half, I think where it was Jaden Stockley sent him through, just maybe just a little bit behind him. And you just wanted him to go on and take the man on and really go for it. Uh, and just then he just thought, maybe not, maybe I'll just play safe. And you can understand that, by the way. It's, it's, it's perfectly understandable that, uh, that a player, especially a young player, would do something like that. But you can just see that there is a player there, and that's the key thing. And I think um, we've, got, uh, we've got a good player there for the next few years, and that's, what, that's what's important. You know, he'll, he'll contribute now, but then I think next season, and maybe the season after, is when you'll see the real best out of uh, Jai Simi. I think he's a really good talent. Mm. Right, so, I mean, we, we've talked about the game. I'm sure there, there'll be more comments when we get to the emails. But, I mean, that, that top six then... 
Benji, we're one point outside it. Tuesday is going to be interesting because there's a lot of games in this division. Lincoln uh, due to play Milton Keynes. They're the side uh, just above us. Ipswich, um, who are they playing? They're away at AFC Wimbledon, who had a, a fantastic win uh, the other day. Um, Oxford are a few points behind us, three points behind us. Who are they playing? They're at home to Shrewsbury, who have you know, picked up some results, I guess, recently, I think. Um, so, I mean, obviously, Oxford did win 6-0 yesterday, so they'll probably be in a in a fairly good mood. But, I mean, Tuesday's going to be fascinating. After that, you know, cut, the cards are on the table. We know we know where we are and what we have to do. We do. Um, I was definitely part of the club of that I didn't... I thought playoffs was out of the picture. I thought we were too inconsistent. But now, I don't know what Tom, Mr. Tom Wallin's saying, because I know he was definitely saying we had no chance. But now I'm starting to believe. I mean, two great away performances. But obviously our next game's at home where we have struggled. But obviously Nigel Adkins has never taken charge of a game at the Valley. So easily could turn around fortunes and try and make it a fortress for us now. But... I'm not really, I, I mean, it might come back to bite me, but I'm not too worried about Ipswich. I mean, they had a new manager come in and he's not really had much for a new manager bounce. Um, they've been they've been very inconsistent. I know the Rochdale game last week, um, I think it was Easter Monday, they didn't even have a shot on goal. Um, and again, as you said, did you say they were playing Wimbledon? And, and Wimbledon are one of those sides that they always manage the last few games to stay up they battle really hard and have and look at them yesterday. A great victory for them yesterday. Yeah, against, so, against an Accrington side that are falling off a cliff as well. I mean, it just goes to show that, that it's still wide open as well, which is really... Accrington, you know, remember how scared we were of them when they had uh, four games in hand on us? They've, they've played the same amount of games now and they're still five points behind us. It just, oh, I, that was... Yeah. When we played them on Sky, do you remember? Sky, like, loved them. Mm. Bigging them up so much. Oh, look at Accrington, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was a bit like um, David Lloyd on there, the cricketer, saying how much he loved them. And it was just like, oh, hang on a minute. It's very early doors. And now, as you say, they're 12th. Doncaster have fallen. Gillingham have somehow played 41 games. So I don't, I can't see Gillingham catching up. I mean, they got we got two games in hand over them. But yeah, it'll be, the key will be Lincoln. I think they come down from back. Uh, they were 2-0 down, weren't they, against Blackpool yesterday. So they got a two-all draw there. That'll give them momentum, I, I guess. That'll give them a big boost. Uh, but then again, that might have um, knocked Blackpool's confidence. So it's all there to play for. Uh, Portsmouth losing to Burton. That's what I mean. You're playing teams down the bottom. Just because we've got teams up the top, I don't, I'd rather be playing the teams up the top. Let's take points off them lot. And we, we then gain ascendancy over them. I think you're playing teams down the bottom. You the players' head switch off a bit, don't they? And they kind of think, ah, oh, well, we're, we're bound to win this one. But, yeah, I, I'm more than happy. I've, I'm really backing us now. I think, again, it'll be interesting to see if we can break the home hoodoo and uh, try and get some points going at home. But I, I'm going for us now. I am. And mm. I've, I've always said Nigel Adkins would do it. I've, I've said it for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyone remembers uh, Benji's... Uh, dug out one of Benji's tweets from about 10 years ago uh, where he was slagging off Nigel Atkins because oh, I can't even remember. He didn't like his voice or something, Benji. He'd racist against Scousers. Right, let's hear from the man. Uh, it, Benji, turn, turn, turn your feet off for a bit. Um, uh, spoke to Nigel Atkins after yesterday's uh, 2-1 win up at the stadium. Like, asked the Charlton boss what he made of the performance. It is a big win. You know, we've come away from, a, uh, from home. 
you know, Sunderland are a good side, and that was demonstrated today. Then they've got chances of the top two. So to come away from home and win 2-1, could have scored some more. Thought we could have had a penalty with a handball, where Jaden's got ahead and the, the players handballed it. We've hit the post. Jaden Stockley, open goal, really. He's hit the post and the header. Nice little cross from um, DJ. We've hit the post in the first half. Thought we had a great opportunity in the first couple of minutes as well with a great cross that we talked about. Really pleased with the two goals we did score because, obviously, uh, set pieces, I think, were a threat. And Ryan Innes scoring from one we worked on the training ground. Uh, and obviously we thought we could maybe expose them a little bit in their left-back position from the throw-ins. And we, we scored that and getting a blindside midfield player to, to go and score. And Alice Gilby done that. So a couple of things we talked about in preparation for the game was good. But I must say we've had to show them that resilience and that grit to um, come away from home and play against a good side. And we've had to defend resolutely. Uh, to see, especially when we've, we've gifted them the, the goal to make it 2-1 and make it a little bit more exciting. Um, but our goalkeeper's played well, he's made some good saves, he's come and cut some good crosses. Sunderland crossed the ball more than anybody else in the league, so we knew he'd have to do that and the centre-half's heading the ball. But, um, you know, you break it all down, we've got so much more to, to give, especially in possession of the football. However, we've come away from home. This is the, this is the, the important stage of the season now where results are, are everything. And we've come away from home. And we've got another good victory, another three points. It puts us well and truly in the race for them final playoff positions. Yeah, I mean, someone might look at a 2-1 win away at a big club like Sunderland and assume it must have been a bit of a smash and grab, but it didn't feel like it. Charlton could have scored more quite comfortably today. Well, as you rightly say, we could have scored more, especially at the end as well, if we'd taken a little bit more care in our counter-attack as we broke away, because we knew there'd be some spaces there. Because obviously, as the game's gone, Sunderland have got to you know, put more players forward and leave themselves vulnerable to the counter-attack. And um, I must say, I thought I was really pleased with the players because they've shown that grit and resilience and uh, you know, we've managed the game to give ourselves an opportunity to win it and uh, well done to all the players yeah. and the coaching staff you know I've got uh, Johnny Jackson and Jason Yule just to name but two and all the medical staff everyone's working really hard at the football club and um, you know we've all got a contribution and they're uh, really pleased um, that we've come away from home we had a, a big following on on the um, from the social media on the Valley Pass of this, the live streaming so the Charlton fans watching it from, from home it would have been great if we'd had a full stadium because it would have been a great atmosphere for both sets of supporters but um, it's great that our supporters for today can enjoy the victory I'm sure some of them are going to have some good days as well because they're a good football inside You mentioned how tight that playoff race is it's getting it's probably going to go down to the wire I think we might see a more realistic table again after, after Tuesday as well when, when teams have games in hand well, listen, as we said, there was going to be a disparity in games, but we're a lot closer now, you know. So from my point of view, we're on a good momentum. We're building that momentum. Uh, we've got a good spirit about ourselves, which had to be demonstrated today, that resilience. So that's going to take us a long way. And obviously, we've got a very tough game again. They're all tough to look forward to uh, at the weekend. Uh, but we've got a week to prepare for that. So that's going to be very, very important for us. You already, already mentioned Ben and, and the back line, but I wanted to ask about DJ, because I think we've seen him really come out of his shell in the last few weeks as well. What did you make of him today? Very good to say. There was, there was one situation there where he's crossed it for... for um, Jaden Stockley, you know, he could have shot himself, but he's just he's put it on a plate for Jaden. He's, he's hit the post, hasn't he, with his header? Um, he would have thought 9.9 times out of, out of 10 he would have scored. Um, but unfortunately, it's at the, at the post and it's, it's gone, um, it's not gone in the back of the net. But uh, again, he's a, young, he's a young player, he's a young man who we're trying to introduce and just keep building his confidence and getting him playing. And the, the more he plays, the better he's going to go and get. Do you think a victory like this sends a bit of a statement to the rest of the sides in the, in the race of the top six? Well, I, th I think the important thing is it just demonstrates that we're not in the playoff position now. We knew we had a catch-up with all, as you just touched on, the disparity in league games. Um, but we're well and truly in the mix with how many games we've got left to go? Seven. 
six now. Seven. Seven games to go, we're in the mix, which is we're in the race, and that's the important thing. So we've got the momentum. We have to keep winning the games. Uh, but today, we've backed up the excellent victory against Doncaster the week before um, to go and get a, a valuable um, three points today against a very good side. Um, fantastic stadium, you know, the, the statue of the football club. So I'm delighted um, that we, we've gone. And, and as you rightly say, it wasn't a smashing grab because we've created some good opportunities to maybe have scored some more goals. Yeah. Um, as, as you'll find out as you become Charlton manager, there's always injury news, unfortunately, to talk about. That's been the case the last few seasons. Can we ask about uh, Chucks, who, who was missing today? I understand he's picked up a slight groin. Problem. He did. He felt his groin. He obviously came on at, uh, against Doncaster last week. He had the final 10 minutes and he presented with a, a slight groin issue. So he's, uh, he's not trained with us this week. He's obviously been... We've got excellent medical staff. So he's been in his care. So I'm hoping... He, he can be on the grass with us this week and maybe be available for the weekend. That's what we're after. Um, we think it's only a very minor situation, so um, all being well. I would say we've got to manage everybody. You know, Akin, for example, um, you know, we had a little um, feeling something the week before. We've managed him through the course of the week. If needs had been, I could have had on a bench or even started him today. But what we've got is another week to get him a lot better in respect of all the games that we've got coming up. From that defensive display, I guess you've got lots of options there as well. You know you're going to step up to the plate. So. Well, we need that because the games are going to come thick and fast and uh, we need everybody contributing. But as you've seen, there's a spirit, there's a resilience, there's a togetherness. And we need that. If we want to achieve something, we need that. I think we're always, I think we're a threat um, going forward. Um, I'd like us to be better in possession of the ball, but that's something we'll work on. And you can't do everything in one, one hit. But, um, you know, for me, we've got a... You know, we've got something about ourselves that um, we've got to keep building on, which is good. Just a very final one on Ben. I mean, you mentioned he's, he's claiming of crossing. I think that's been his strength in, in the spells we've seen him at John. Yeah. Did, did, were you impressed with him? Well, that was important. We know he's, he's good at doing that. I think he made a real good save in the first half. But we know, we know Sunderland put the ball in more than anybody else in the division. They cross it more than anybody. So can we stop the cross? Sometimes it's very challenging to go and do that, but can you deal with a cross? And as I say, you want your centre-halves to go and head it or the back four to go and head it, land on the second balls, and you want your goalkeeper to be commanding behind him. And he's done what he's, what he's, what's expected of him, which is good. You know, So uh, really, really pleased. Thanks, Nigel. Well done today. Okay. Nigel, when, when you look at the overall situation at the, the top of the division, how do, you, how do you assess it now? Oh, listen, we've, I've been here before, having yeah. been promoted three times from this division. You know there's going to be weird results. Everyone gets nervy, everyone gets edgy. From my point of view, we've got everything to play for. You know, all to gain, nothing to lose. Because at the start of the season, no one expected us to be in this situation. You could see maybe we were, we were off, off the playoff pace, but we're in there now. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. Edginess is that's an interesting word. Did you sense that from Sunderland at all today? No, 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 not at all. I mean, Sunderland are in a, a situation. They've got good players. They've got a good team. Uh, you know, there's, there's an experienced manager in there and um, they're going to win a lot of games between now and the end of the season. I'm just really pleased that we've shown that we've got something about ourselves. Yeah. You know, we've had, to, we've had to explain it, if you like, and show a bit of resilience at times, and we've done that. Yeah. Um, but we've got a goal threat. So from my point of view, it's, uh, Sunderland are going to, be, they're going to be challenging for the top two. You know, it's fair to say, but we're... We've put ourselves in a position to be in the race, which is good. Just a bunch of time, can I ask the last question? Yeah, having, having been through the situation, what are the key elements, you know, the key characteristics that you need in, in April? 
you, you need to have that togetherness. You need to have everyone singing off the same sheet. You need to be able to score goals and you stick it one end and keep it out the other. It's yeah. it's not yeah. rocket no, science, know. you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But is there anything else? But it's but know, it's yeah. simpler than that. And again, everyone gets edgy. And the expectation you're going to find like the the expectation of a big club like Sunderland, as an example, yeah. a big club like Charlton, yeah. maybe not so this season because of where the, the football club was before the new one came in. Um, but a big club like this shouldn't be in League One. So the, and the fan base is phenomenal, isn't it? You know, both. So it's kind of like we should we should be in the Premier League, not in League One, trying to get out of it. So you're always going to have that bit of uncertainty, which is human nature. Yeah. And it's it's difficult, you know. And it's difficult. So Sorry, um, can I just ask you the same team last week again and this week again playing against two very different teams? Doncaster was a lot more open. Sunderland was a lot of pressure today. Do you think that's? It's shown that that team can, can be your first 11 almost for the remainder of the season. Well, I've been here for choice. three weeks now, so obviously I'm assessing the players, which mm-hmm. is important. We've tried to start uh, uh, some, some principles, you know, and obviously you always start with your defence. I would have loved just to have played. We've been doing a lot of work on our in-possession play. That's not been demonstrated. You've got to give the opposition credit for that, and we've got to be better at doing that. But uh, you can't do it all in one go. But we've got a togetherness and we've got a spirit, and uh, it helps when you're picking the points up, which is important. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Swings it towards the far post. Innis jumps, heads down. Bogle touchdown. Brown smacks it in. And Charlotte take the lead. That's a really well-worked corner. Innis with the head down. Bogle touches it. And Darren Prattley, the substitute, just smacks it into the roof of the net. Charlton Live. Welcome back. This is Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. We're looking back at that fine 2-1 win up at the Stadium of Light yesterday. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, Nigel Adkins, uh, probably looking forward to finally having a home game, actually, isn't he? He's, uh, he's all, all three of his games so far have come uh, away from home, but he's unbeaten seven points out of nine since he's come into the club. Uh, Terry, what, what have you noticed changed since he's come in? What, what do you think 
has been the difference. I mean, don't forget we were on on a bit of an unbeaten run before he came in anyway, you know, under under Lee. But, um, you know, have you noticed any tangible changes since Nigel's come in? It's a difficult one to put your finger on, really. I think uh, you could just, I mean, generally his, his outlook is so positive that it must rub off, mustn't it? It just must, uh, it, it must uh, convey itself to the to the squad the way, the way just the way Nigel Akins is. Uh, I think uh, you could say he's been a little bit lucky with the return of Ryan Innes at the time that Ryan comes back because he does make a difference at, at the back. But he's also brought, when you consider his also Alex Gilby in, when back in when you thought when, for the most part, he looked like he was just on the periphery. Put Martson a bit further forward on the right hand side when uh, no, I don't think uh, that would have been in the frame. He brought Ben Perrington back at left back, so he's he's, he's done some little tweaks, and I think uh, just just generally his demeanour and and it's it's amazing what uh, what confidence can can make or the difference that confidence can make to a side. Uh, you know, whereas month two months ago we didn't look like we could uh, we could win a game. Uh, certainly at home, and and maybe home is the test here because you know we have done quite well away from home the whole season. It's not just a, not just a recent thing, so the big test will be at home. And can can we replicate that kind of form at the Valley next week at Ipswich? And if we can, then that's that's you can see then that there will almost certainly have been a, a Nigel Adkins effect because that's been our Achilles heel this season. Mm, certainly right. Let's have a look at some of the tweets. And the emails that have come in uh, to the show, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive if you want to get involved with a future show. Next one should be on Thursday. Right, Will says, uh, look like we had some very good results going our way uh, yesterday afternoon. It was a very good win. Ben says, it's quite funny how the run that Lee Bowyer spoke about for most of this season has ended up happening as soon as he left. It would only happen at our club, a day in the life of a Charlton fan. Yeah, I guess so. But at the same time, like I said, we were a little bit, we were on a little bit of an unbeaten run, I guess. But this is the first time we've had back-to-back wins, isn't it? As as uh, Ben probably pointing out there, and since November, which is crazy, and early November at that, the last time we won back-to-back league games uh, were games five and six of that six-game winning run, the Portsmouth away and Fleetwood at home, uh, which oh, it just seems like an absolute lifetime away now, doesn't it? So yeah, that run that we needed certainly... Uh, going up a notch a bit at the moment right Dara uh, says a great win today it seems like the kind of game we would have conceded late on in and drawn earlier in the season Adkins positivity is definitely uh, rubbing off on the players right next one's from Richard really good performance and win huge credit to Nigel Adkins and the whole team Uh, we look like a team with a plan and desire again having Ryan Innes back is a massive uh, plus and Ben Amos played a blinder most importantly everyone played their part yeah actually um Ben I'd ask you about the you know the impact that that Ryan has I mean because obviously what we have seen over the last few weeks uh, as well is Jason Pierce you know really playing well alongside either Akin or Ryan, I mean, I mean, have we almost singled out the fact that you, you need a, if Piercy has a strong partner next to him, then he he tends to play better. And 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 do you think maybe we did find that when when there was a little bit of indecision or you know a, a Deji alongside Jason that there wasn't that confidence in in the pairing and it wasn't really working. But now Deji's sort of out of the picture that Piercy's got back to his best. Or am I oversimplifying it there? Uh, I think. Uh... Jason's had had a good game for a while now. I think he's been playing really well. Um, I mean, the Wimbledon game, it was a little mistake, wasn't it, by Fan Wo, probably inexperienced. He's he's still young. I think he's only 21, 22. Um, So, yeah, maybe having a a big no-nonsense defender next year brings out the best in him. You you know what each other's going to do kind of thing. I I know Atkins, as I said, he's young, growing into the game. 
Deji, he's had a he had a couple of good games, didn't he? But he just always, I think we said it before, he always looks like he's got a ricket in him. Um, you're just unsure about him. But I think every performance we've seen from Ryan, he just looks so assured, and he makes his um, his build count. He he pushes himself around the ball. He he doesn't let a player get any uh, any space around him. So he's him and him and Pierce are quite like each other. So maybe that works. Um, but I'm glad Akin's not being brought back in because I just think you've got to look forward to next season as well. And these two have been playing well and these two will be with us next season. Whereas Famoy will go straight back to Norwich and whether we get him back, I, I don't know. But you kind of got to look towards that and just break, um, building up partnerships with, with Amos and, and with Purrington and Matthews. Again, I thought... Parrington, I thought he had a really good game again yesterday. He um he really kept them quiet down the side and I think we said before if if Parrington has a quiet game, it's a good game because he um stops them coming down the wings and making crosses in and and he was so key to us when we got promoted to mm. the year um 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. Inter- interesting actually you mentioned um about them being next here because I think Piercy's up, isn't he, Tell at the end of the year, but you know, maybe, maybe if a month ago or two months ago you were wondering if he would get renewed. At, at this stage, is, you'd think it's more likely than not that he'd, he'd get a contract renewal? You'd like to think so. I mean, uh, there, I don't think he's alone. I think there's a few contracts up uh, for discussion and for negotiation. Uh, you do wonder whether it'll depend what division we're in. Uh, I'd, of course, th- th- I think most Charlton fans would just say, especially... I'd, I didn't uh, get the stick that uh, that Joe Spears was getting uh, from some quarters earlier earlier on, uh, because um, he's, he's he's a colossus at the back for us. I think he's a he's a leader, he's a skipper, a genuine skipper as well. So um, I'd, I'd I'd want him around the club, even if um, even if we did, you know, let's say we go up and and we get uh, three or four other players that that uh, maybe even better. But as a as a club captain, as a, as a skipper, I think um, I'd like to see him about for a while yet. And I think he deserves his place as well. To be honest, at the moment, he's uh, he's well worthy of his place. And I don't see that change. I think even in the Championship, he could do a job. But um, you you don't know. Nigel Atkins, you know, he's in. He's, he's, he's inherited a side. But of course, whether we go up or we don't, he's going to have to. Uh, he's gonna, he's likely to put his own stamp on things. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how far reaching that might have to be. Whether that's uh, you know, remember Chris Powell making was it up to uh, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen changes to get a side that he wanted. Whether that's in uh, Nigel Atkins' mind, who knows? But personally, I think he's worth uh, he's worth a place, and I think I'd love a uh, person I'd like to see him stay. Yeah, it'd be very regardless in- of where we are. Yeah, it'd be very, it'd be very interesting to see what happens. And right, Alex says that Charlton are literally uh, going up. Sam uh, Day says the players gave everything, and Atkins got his tactics and game management spot on. Good to see the team didn't sick back after going one 0 up. If we beat Ipswich next week, then I will start believing that we can go up uh, this season. Right, Reg says Ben Amos three or four quality says that on another day our goals and nobody would have blamed him had he let them in. The goalkeeping equivalent of a hat trick. Not sure what that's called. Oh yeah, we haven't, haven't got a hat trick for a goalkeeper really, have we? We'll have to come up with something for uh, for that. Right, Daniels says a uh, fantastic team performance. Amos uh, was easily man of the match. Uh, dressing room looking like it's very strong. That's a good point. Yeah, and Tash says, uh, after Phillips left, I was unsure Amos would come anywhere near being as good. Uh, but he's definitely proved me and others wrong. By the mistake yesterday, he's been fantastic lately. I mean, what, what would you say of his season so far, Ben Amos, Ben? Because, I mean, you know, obviously we've conceded a lot of goals from, from long range. I've not really been one to think that the majority of them were Ben Amos's fault. I, I don't think he, I mean, he's definitely had some some bad bad goals that he shouldn't 
have conceded. I think a long-range one on the game that Jacko was in charge against Bristol Rovers, he got wrong-footed. One against Doncaster at home. Uh, and there was one, maybe Swindon at home, quite early on, where I think Matthews got turned inside out. But then Amos got beat his near post. I think it was Swindon. It could have been Plymouth. But... um Overall, I don't think he's done too badly this season. But obviously yesterday, when he's doing, which I, which I think has been his greatest strength throughout the entire time, the two spells he's been with with us, he's claiming crosses, claiming corners. When he's asked to do that a lot, then he's, he's certainly going to shine. And that's what he did yesterday. Yeah, I think if you were to look for his main attribute over someone like Dylan Phillips, is he controls his area well. And yesterday he did that extremely well. Uh, looking overall at his season... I say he's in my top three for player of the season. He's done really well this season. Uh, I think he's probably gone under the radar, probably because we've given away uh, some silly goals, which haven't been down to him. But then people obviously see us conceding goals and the defence as a whole um, letting us down. You kind of forget about his crucial saves in games that have kept us in it or kept the score down. As you said, there was that, that goal where he was wrong-footed, um, which kind of, he, he'd probably take the blame for that one. And, and maybe yesterday he didn't need to rush off his line so quick, he could have trusted his defence. Uh, but for someone overall who, I think I said last, uh, I said a few times on the show that last season, he only played one game and he's come straight into this season with barely any pre-season. And he, I think he's been a consistent performer. And you've got to remember how many times have our back four chop and changed. And he's out to try and build new relationships with them. You've got to know what your defenders are doing. Tell them what to do. I think he's been a real key, consistent performer for us. And look, he's made a couple of mistakes, as every goalkeeper will. But I think yesterday he really shone out. And people look back at games now and kind of think, oh, no, you know what? I think he has had a good season. He has done well. Excellent stuff. Right, uh, next uh, tweet comes in from Robert. Says, a monumental performance and really enjoyable slash tense. Uh, well, yeah, well, I was so tense at the end there. Uh, the highest quality game I've seen as player. I would love to know how many aerial balls uh, went into our box. Four wins and a draw to get the magic 75 points. We are very much in the mix. So Richard says, has Ben Watson played enough games to trigger an extension? I'm curious that he hasn't featured at all under Nigel. It would have been uh, ideal in the closing stages. Yeah, well, um, Richard Corley did report uh, about three weeks ago that he, I think he, he already has. Um, Lee, well, Lee Bowyer said, I think he will be here next season. I'm sure that he's played enough now to trigger that cause. So, well, that's Lee saying, I'm sure, rather than like, you sound like you're guessing actually, but um, well, if Bo said that, you'd assume so, but you're right that he hasn't been involved. What I do find interesting, Tal, I don't know if you've picked up on this, is that of all the players out there, um, Nigel seems to speak to Ben Watson quite a lot. He seems to give him tips or ask questions of him. I don't know if you've noticed that. Every time that Ben goes out to warm up, he always speaks to Nigel and vice versa, much more than any of the other... Like, oh, he's an experienced pro. I guess that's why. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I've necessarily noticed, but uh, you're right about the experienced pro bit, because he is. And uh, he's... Maybe... I think he's, Nigel's already gone on record as saying that you know we we've only whatever games we've got left now is it seven or eight I can't can't remember, but with injuries you're going to need the whole squad uh, are going to play a part in the next uh, the next lot of games or the games right right up to the end of the season, so uh, I mean it, you, why wouldn't you call on somebody like Ben Watson who uh, who's, who's had a vast amount of experience at the top level as well as uh, as well as now in in League One so he'd be right to call on 
the experience of, of all of these people, you know, even, of course, Johnny Jackson and, of course, Jason Yule, but you're senior pros. They, you know, they've been there, done it. So you, you'd be right to ask uh, their opinion on certain things. So uh, and maybe it's just a case of uh, because he does seem to be like a, a people person. Nigel, and uh, you know, I'm not going to put you on because of this, 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 and this. Rather than just let them sweat on the sideline and and wonder why they're not getting on, maybe it's just a case of look, you know, the situation doesn't warrant me changing things in you know, in your position at the moment, and that's why I'm not putting you on. So, either way, whether it's for tips or he's just uh, keeping him uh, up to date and up to speed with with why he's doing what he's doing, is either way, it's a good thing. Mm, yeah, well, very interesting, right? Uh... Uh, Mina says, did we invite more pressure by taking off an attacking DJ for a defensive uh, Gunter? Sunderland then scored and we were left hanging on in a game that at one point uh, looked like it was going to be a comfortable uh, win. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, when, when Martson went off yesterday as well, wasn't there like a quite a defensive player that came on as well? I mean, it was... Um, did you, do you think... I mean, there's, it's always the case, obviously. I mean, Mi- oh, sorry, Miller came on, didn't he? Um as well, so yeah, we we still did have an outboy. It is always the case that you you naturally get a little bit defensive, um, you know, when when, you, when you're hanging on, and and obviously something. I, I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched a game where a team didn't do that. So so who knows? I mean, obviously Nigel was uh, pleased with what what he achieved at the end of it. So so maybe that's all that counts. Right, Lewis says we're absolutely solid again. A really dogged and determined display. Nigel got the shape and the selection spot on again. Long may this good form and confidence continue and London in it Giza says whether this league is weak or not to go to Sunderland unbeaten in 14 and win was a great achievement Charlton are now unbeaten in eight teams will not want to play a strong squad at this level and Nikkei Morgan fame will not involve Miller Shinny Watson on the bench it bodes uh, very well Martin says he totally agrees uh, with uh, London in it Giza I think we will definitely make the playoffs now right let's have another quick break when we come back we've still got a couple of emails to come to and of course we have to talk about the news that the Alan Kerbsley stand is going to become a thing at the Valley uh, as of uh, next season we'll be back in 30 seconds Shinny prepares to take Shinny takes it's a shot the power was too strong for Eastwood he dived to his left but it's passed him and Shinny who got the assist for the first goal now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick and Charlton just before half time make it two that you're gonna be okay anyway you know there's no Live. Well, welcome to the final part of uh, this week's uh, Charlton Live. I hope you've enjoyed the show uh, so far. It's very easy to enjoy it uh, when we've uh, got a result like we did yesterday up at the Stadium of Light. Uh, so tense, wasn't it, late on, uh, Terry, that Brownie's leg nearly fell off. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, I think Brownie's knees are worse condition than mine for obvious reasons because... <laughs> Because of what he's done in his career, uh, so uh, climbing up that stand would have uh, would have taken it out of his knees anyway, as it did mine. So it's uh, it's not uh, too unlikely that uh, when uh, when things get a bit tense and you're sitting in a in a prone position as as we are for uh, for ninety plus minutes, that um, <laughs> the excitement's going to get you. And and he just cramped up there just towards the end. But uh, I'm sure he I'm sure he wasn't alone. I mean, uh, if I'd have tried to move, I probably would have had the same problem. But yeah. I I tend not to even attempt it. So. Um, he's, <laughs> it, it was a, it, it was reasonably amusing, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he had to uh, he had to try and make his way down the stairs because it came right at the end, cause, and he had a train to catch. So he was. Uh, he, <laughs> I hope he made it all right. I didn't check. Uh, still, still in Sunderland, apparently. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, let's have a look at the emails. Hello to Adam Biggs uh, from the Upbeats. Uh, was pleased to see that Chum got the three points and uh, wants them to get in the playoffs and go back to Wembley. 
Uh, yeah, certainly want a repeat of a couple of years ago. Adam, don't we write McSquared? Uh, says, hi, guys. A superb, crucial and fully deserved win at the Stadium of Light against the side that have been in the mix for automatic promotion. I reckon that the Black Cats must dread playing us as they come out second best against us so often, especially in pivotal matches. In terms of the significance of yesterday's game and the fact that Sunderland had gone so many unbeaten, I say it was our most impressive result of the season so far, especially as we were missing our two best goal-getting strikers in an EK and Washington. Staying that, uh, Stockley led the line fantastically and was literally head and shoulders above the Sunderland back line. Apart from that absolute uh, sitter uh, that he missed, he had a superb game, as did the entire side. Martin was very effective as an attacking option, and Jayasimi is looking better and better. Most impressive of all, however, is that we're now looking very solid and consistent, which must have a lot to do with Adkins' tactical nous. It was a good uh, quality match in general, and Amos pulled off some superb saves. Uh, even with the goal uh, that was conceded late on, I felt he was a tad unlucky with how the ball fell to hit to them after the initial block. Sundon were definitely in with a shout of ultimately earning a point, but we defended well at the death to deny them. Uh, we're definitely now looking like genuine playoff contenders. And for the first time, I would say it's now in our hands when you look at the remaining games. Could yet get another Charlton-Sunderland-Wembley <laughs> showdown uh, beyond the cards. The Charlton TV coverage was excellent yet again, especially with the dream team of Curbs and Lenny uh, with Scotty. Let's hope that lineup is repeated in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, we've spoken about how Sunderland must absolutely uh, hate the, the sight of us. Um, the, the, the fact we look more solid at the back now Ben how much of that down to Nigel and his tactics and how much is that down to the fact that we've got Ryan Innes back yeah I think massively down having Ryan Innes there I think he provides a real uh force there in the in the back line I mean imagine if you're a striker coming up against him I mean you definitely wouldn't want to meet him down a dark alley would you he's a big old geezer um but as well he's such a threat uh in our box and in, in the opposition box, which we saw, um, I won't go back about the goal because obviously I lost some, well, I didn't lose money, but I would have won some money. Well, you have lost, um, so you lost but, three quid. <laughs> I lost, uh, yeah, you're right, actually. Three quid's a lot of money as, you're a, as a window cleaner, I tell you. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah, look, I've, I think we just got to keep with them. we got to keep with them. Adam Matthews is a good right back. Ben Parenton's a good left back. We've seen it. we just got to keep... It, Keep the regular back four. You'll you'll see good performances come from them, and I think they'll get to know each other, and and it'll keep coming. But yeah, I think Innes is a real force there, and as I said, he's gonna be, uh, it could be a future captain for us. He's gonna be there for a while now, Ryan Innes. He's he's had a few clubs, hasn't he? He's gone on loan a few times, had a bit of a checkered pass and stuff like that. Hopefully now he can settle down, get his head down, and and Jason Pierce, captain leadership around him can only help and. And guide him and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it definitely helps having having that um, regular centre back pairing. And and as I said, I think Jason Pierce he's done so well lately. And I think you and Tell were just saying then would he get a new contract? And that I'd definitely give him a new contract. I think it, um, he's he's proven himself now. Mm. And and going into these last few games, let's let's hope these performances continue. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, as I said, that'd be interesting. Well, Andrew uh, says, Dear Charlton Live, uh, just been looking at the fixture list for the running. We do have the toughest set of opponents on paper. Portsmouth have an easy running against lower teams, but at the moment, they all have a chance of staying up. So which ones will put up a strong fight? Yeah, we saw that yesterday with Burton. Or I guess Burton have probably taken themselves a little bit out of that picture with that amazing run they've had since since Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank went in there. 
Um, yeah, they're sitting, yeah, oh, sitting 10 points above the relegation. That's incredible. Uh, what a job he's done. And uh, so he says, one of the twists of this season is with postponed games, Oxford play Shrewsbury home and away, as do Peterborough with Doncaster, Ipswich and AFC Wimbledon. And interestingly, as, uh, as Terry mentioned, Sunderland and Blackpool. Blackpool are in great form. I wonder if this will mean that Sunderland will be struggling to get into the playoffs. If we do get into the playoffs, given the strength of the opposition, we will have to be uh, really sharp. I mean, yeah, I mean, Sun- so Sunderland, how they're what nine points clear of us, so you'd think they should be okay for playoffs. But it does it does pose a lot of questions with sides who have to play sides twice. And um, I mean, the, the thing that's obviously been a recurring theme throughout this season is Tom Wallin fuming about how poor League One is. Like literally, he's shaking with rage that League One is very bad this season. Uh, I mean, this is part of the conversation me and him had yesterday. Look, Sunderland were this big team, and, and I thought Sunderland did okay, but I mean, we still went up there and beat them. You know, Peterborough, I was looking at Peterborough now, a five points clear in second place. I was looking at their form this season, and, I mean, even their, their form over the last few weeks, where they, uh, you know, they, they, they've had, a, I think, three wins out of four, but before that, they'd gone one win in, what, seven? And, and they'd done that before, earlier on in the season, one win in six or five. I mean... Everyone's rubbish, aren't they, Terry? Which, in a way, gives us a chance. Well, it's it's. Uh, firstly, yeah, you should you shouldn't be uh, upset by the fact that this league's rubbish. You should, you should be joyous of the fact that this league's rubbish. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in with a shout. Because, and, and that's you know, that's all down to the to the salary cap and and uh, the transfer. In our case, the transfer embargo as well. Because what that does is it spreads the good players around the league. And and in that effect, in that respect, then I guess. It, it does make it a little bit more even because normally speaking, you'd, you'd expect the the so-called bigger sides, or certainly those with the uh, the bigger purses, would have hoovered up all the best players, uh, and so the likes of um, you wouldn't necessarily want to see or expect to see the likes of Lincoln, Blackpool, uh, and prior, prior to that, Doncaster and Accrington up in up in the frame, Gillingham as well, for example, uh, to a lesser extent, Oxford. You wouldn't necessarily see these teams up and and in the frame for a, a playoff spot, or certainly competing with a the bigger clubs, if if that's the the phrase you want to use, because um, those players wouldn't have gone there because the other teams that that could afford it would have offered the better players more money. Um, is that fair? Then you know because you know why should Charlton be penalised? But just because they've got uh, a, a bigger a bigger gate, therefore bigger uh, command, bigger transfer fees and bigger wages, why should we be um, punished negatively? They'll be saying, "Well, why should we be uh, punished? Because um, you know we should want to compete with uh, with everybody." Uh, the real world is that 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 that, that doesn't work, and, and it's clear it doesn't work because, uh, not being funny, if the likes of Lincoln, uh, to a lesser extent Doncaster, I suppose, but uh, Accrington, if they get promoted, you almost certainly know they're going to come straight back down because they can't compete in the championship, and and that's what's happened with Wickham in this season. So, yes, it's a poorer league, but I think we should, rather than be uh, frustrated about it, I think we should be overjoyed <laughs> about the fact, because uh, if it hadn't have been, we wouldn't even have a sniff now. Yeah, don't tell, don't tell Tom that Hull, who are now, what, three points clear at top and eight points clear of third, uh, only won two games out of eight in January, February, he'd be fuming. Uh, <laughs> it's incredible. And no, I don't remember us having a run like that when we won League One in uh, in 2012, but that's the way it is. So, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating running. Now, um, we have to mention, before we end the show, uh, the, the, the big news that came out uh, over the weekend, uh, the East Stand is to be renamed the Alan Kerbishley Stand. It's something that was first uh, sort of uh, mentioned to me a couple of years ago that they're thinking of an idea, or maybe about a year ago. Uh, and it's finally come to fruition. Now, I guess we've got an owner in place that is the... 
the person to do that. But I mean, it's it's about time, really. I I mean, I know there's you get one or two people who who wouldn't like to see stands named after people, and and obviously they they've got their opinion. But in my opinion, I think it's a great idea. Ben, are, are, you, are you up for? Are you are you pleased to see that that Alan Kerbsey, you know, is going to have the East Stand, or as Nozer on Twitter is going to call it the Curbs? You're going to sit in the Curbs from now on. I won't sit in the Curbs. I don't really like the East Stand, but. Um... Ah, thoroughly deserved, thoroughly deserved. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, what he did for the club, he put us on the map, basically, didn't he? He made us from, like, a championship club, Division 1 club, into a mainstay in the Premier League. Uh, In hindsight, he probably wouldn't have left when he did, really. Well, if you hear hear from him, he didn't want to leave when he did. He just didn't want to extend his contract. Uh, So probably... uh, Probably the wrong decision by the board. We should have given him a bit, like given him that extra year and then made a decision over a long time period. But there you go. But what a manager. I mean, I started going as a little kid from 93 till, well, until now, sorry. That was a bit weird. Um, but <laughs> well, Have you given up now because of how <laughs> yeah. bad League One is? <laughs> well, that's because Nigel Adkins, mate, can't stand the guy. <laughs> no, but it, look, he was like, it was so weird to think of when I was three years old and started going till what he left when I was about 15, 16, we had the same manager. I mean, you couldn't say that now nowadays at all. And when he left, I mean, I remember being at his last game at Old Trafford and everyone held up thanks Kurzweil. It felt so surreal that we'd actually have another manager. But as I said, I mean, thoroughly deserved. He put us on the map. He made us who we are now. We're always looked at as a well-respected club. That stadium around him now with his East Stand was all built from what he did at the club. Like his success at the club, the money he generated through the club, from the Premier League, selling on players... All came from him. And just listening to him every week is such a joy. He has so many great stories of how he managed the club. And I think he's a really good chap. And look, he's a West Ham fan at heart. That's why he chose to go there. Um, and he did well there. He was he was mistreated when he at West Ham with the owner and, and rightfully got compensated out of it. But um, mm. no, really pleased. A real yeah. good chap. And I'm loving his Paddy Power adverts as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be the uh, Alan Kerbishley stand sponsored by Paddy Power or something. I mean, uh, Terry, first few years, should we call it the Alan Kerbishley and Steve Grit stand? <laughs> uh, controversial. Uh, why not? Uh, I mean, it does throw up. I mean, firstly, you're absolutely, uh, Benji was absolutely right. Alan Kerbishley, hugely well deserved. Um, arguably one of our best managers ever, if not the best, um, for the success he brought the club. So um, everybody should be overjoyed. Certainly, Alan Kerbishley is. For, for having a stand named after him, um, you then start looking back and as to who else that, that might deserve one. I mean, Lenny made a great quip <laughs> after he got told. He said, well, where's mine then? Because, you know, arguably without Lenny Lawrence and what he did for the club, we wouldn't necess- we, we might not have a club for, for, for to have a stand named after Alan Kerbishley because uh, it was in one of the worst periods of our, uh, uh, of our time and our history. So... Um, I'd like to see uh, Lenny um, rewarded as his, uh, Keith Peacock's another one. You know, you could go. There's a huge list, but you know, you shouldn't. We shouldn't really be looking now, saying, "Well, that's not fair." If uh, you know, we should be giving him a stand first rather than him. 
you know, let's just reward the fact or, or celebrate the fact that we've got somebody like Alan Kerbishley who was, who was a legend for us as a manager and uh, and should be rightfully celebrated and, and let's just enjoy that and, and uh, the rest can come later and we can name all sorts of things after all sorts of people uh, a bit later on and I'm sure there, uh, I'm sure that uh, we as a we as we as a group can come up with a few I'm sure yeah well uh, that that that's our that's our uh, our challenge then to the listeners for in in time for Thursday's big match preview. Uh, we want to know what area of the ground you would name after what person involved with the club. Now, obviously, Alan, Alan Kirby. The Duchatelet dungy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of uh, cubicles, isn't there, around the ground? So we <laughs> we could probably we could probably give out a few of there, the, the Jimmy Traore toilet or something like that. But you know, that's what that's your ideas in time for Thursday's big match preview. Let us know what you'd name after uh, who, who you'd name it after and what you would name. Uh, it for right we've uh, we have gone well over time because we're absolutely purring after yesterday's uh, 2-1 win up at the stadium of light massive win for the addicts really are in that playoff race now it's going to be a fascinating last seven games for the addicts five of which are at home as well so oh goodness me let's hope we can sort that home format right thank you to uh, benji and to terry for joining me on this week's show cheers louis Cheers, lads. Good to have you both with me. I hope you've all enjoyed the show. We'll be back on Thursday with the Big Match Preview. Don't forget to get your ideas in for that show, what you would name at the Valley, who you would name it after. I've been Louis Mendez. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you again in the week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.